West Coast, cool breeze, warm hands, cold feet. I can't forget the moment that and I And welcome back to the show, guys. I'm Austin Catalano. I'm here with Cody Bagini and Cole Dowling. Today, we're going to be talking about why you should not be waiting to buy a home. Before we get into that, just a quick reminder for those of you who listen that are not subscribed, make sure to do so. That way you get notified as soon as a new episode comes up. And of course, leave us a five-star review. We do really appreciate it. And let's hop into it. Cool. Let's go. Absolutely. So we're going to touch on three topics and how they relate to why we think you should not wait to buy a home. So the first one, house prices will tend to trend up in the long term, whereas interest rates are always going to fluctuate. Number two, the cost of buying a house now is cheaper than it has been in the past. And what we mean by that is if we look at the peak market, house prices are cheaper than they were during that peak. Number three, there's a lot of first-time buyers or people waiting on the sideline, waiting for either interest rates to come down or hoping that maybe prices will fall a little bit more when it comes to home prices. So let's dive right into number one. So number one, house prices, they do tend to trend up in the long term and interest rates will always fluctuate. So what that means is if you buy a home, you buy a home with the intention of living in that home for a period of time And most people live in their homes for, I don't know the exact number, but let's say the average person lives in their home for 10 years. Yeah, the average person moves every eight years. Okay, there we go. So you're going to have more than one mortgage in that period of time, which means the cost of borrowing money for that mortgage is going to change. Whereas in that eight years, things can appreciate. For example, my parents bought their home in 2015. They've seen huge appreciation. Yeah. Cody, when did your parents buy their home? Oh, they've been in their house for over the past 23 years at least. And I mean, again, to tie on that, huge appreciation in their home too. I think it's definitely more of a long-term play, right? Like if you're looking to buy something in the long term, you can afford to wait out all these little dips that the market will take. And hopefully over time, you're definitely going to make some money. One example I can think of right now is I had a buddy buy a condo. He was nervous about overpaying for the condo. In his mind, he overpaid for it. He bought it about three months later. Every comparable unit sold for 60K more than what he paid for. His, his, him taking that first step and plunge and actually purchasing the unit set a new benchmark for that building. Prices started to go up. He sold two years later for 140K higher. And for a condo, that's great appreciation. But I'd say it's, yeah, it's definitely more of a long-term play than a short-term play. What do you think, Austin? Yeah, I think, I think what it really comes down to what we're chatting about is, you know, we're talking about uh, for not well obviously not flipping but also for like owner occupied so what I mean by that is you know we're looking at you wanting to get in and, and, and live in that place uh, for yourself um, you know what we are all often saying to clients is yeah you might have purchased at you know a different point in quote-unquote the market there's always going to be little bumps up and, and little dips down but if you look at it over a long enough time horizon like Cole had mentioned, 2015, we've seen prices, you know, generally be up from there. If you bought in 2000, prices are generally, well, significantly up from there. And then the farther back you go over a long period of time, of course, the graph shows that the prices will generally go up. And, and with that too, you know, I would rather be paying my own mortgage towards my own asset as opposed to paying rent um, towards somebody else's kind of investment, investment pro- uh, property or investment condo or whatever that is. Uh, I would rather be kind of rewarding myself with those payments as opposed to somebody else. Uh, So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Awesome. 
let's uh, let's dive right into number two. So number two, what we believe is it's better to buy a home now because it's cheaper than it was at say the peak, which would we would call April twenty twenty two. So Austin, let me ask you this: Why would you recommend people buy now as opposed to? waiting for example yeah i mean so there's a couple of different ways to to look at it you know if you're assuming that prices are going to be up a certain percentage or a certain amount over a long enough time horizon you're with prices that have come down you're typically going to see the most dramatic increase because there's been an, an increase there's been a valley and, and assuming that they're from the same or going to the same endpoint, that's going to be a steeper slope from that low point if we're looking at just purchase price you know we were talking about earlier uh, I often refer to it as like sticker price I know that's kind of slang but there's so many other factors that go into living in a home and you know paying for it like interest rate uh, like monthly expenses all that other stuff which obviously you'll be chatting about um, but with that too like what is the cost of waiting right if you're thinking that hey I can afford to get in now um, but maybe I want to see if prices come down a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. But again, I ask, if this is your only opportunity to get in and you miss that opportunity, are you going to be able to get back in? Yeah, and I totally agree with what Austin's saying on that one. Like, a lot of time take, take into consideration for first-time homebuyers, right? Like, they can barely afford some of them to get into the market the way it is now. But they're like, you know what? We can barely afford, we could do it, but what if we wait till interest rates go down a little bit less? What What's gonna happen? You know, it may, they think their payment's gonna be a bit more affordable, but I would say, yeah, that's, that's the cost of waiting, right? Like, can you save at the same rate that the market goes up? What if you wanna wait until next year, interest rates go down a little bit, you can save some more money, the market jumps up by a few percent, and now you're not in a position where you can get what you once were approved for. Exactly. You know, so that that makes it a lot more difficult for people. Yeah, and if we look at it from a, like a very rough rough cost comparison, if we look at those peak market prices and we compare them to today, you're you're looking at obviously a difference. Like there's been a drop in the price of homes, and yes, interest rates are higher now than they were during that peak market, but you're looking at monthly payments that are very comparable and you're looking at a cost difference could be like upwards of 10% cheaper on that house, right? Exactly. And if that house price goes back up to a level that we saw in the past, which is very possible because as we said in the first point, house prices tend to trend up, you're going to make up all that equity in the house based on the fact that you decided to purchase now. Well, and I think there's so many other costs that people don't think about, you know, like we had chatted about earlier, sticker price or, or purchase price, right? Like if a if a price, purchase price is lower, your down payment requirement is gonna be lower if you're just looking to get into the market, right? So that's, yes. you know, $500,000 one bedroom in Den Condo that you only need to put 5% down on, you know, that's the down payment requirement is gonna be 25, 25 grand. And of course, there's other expenses with that. And you know, if it's not a property that's gonna be exempt to PT, depending on if it's your first time buying, uh, again, you're better <laughs> you're, you, uh, with the mortgage and the cost stuff. But again, it's stuff that you need to know. All of a sudden, if that same product is $600,000 instead, your down payment's going up. You know, if it's not within that threshold, if you're a first time home buyer that you're able to get exemptions from the PTT, you're having to pay for that. You know, on a $500,000 purchase, that's going to be around, what, eight, ten grand, yeah. depending on, you know, what that purchase price is. And all of those little things start to add up that you don't realize when you're just looking at purchase price. 
Yeah, that's that's really well said. And for anybody that doesn't know, PTT is property transfer tax. It's a tax you pay when you purchase a property. Um, it's the government's way of getting their hands on every transaction that happens. Mm-hmm. And I think Austin made a really good point because he said, what if you were to buy something at, let's say it was $550,000 for a condo at during the peak. And that's probably generous. And now it's down below 500000 You could save that money. You just saved that You just saved yourself money. Exactly. Right? And now if it goes back up to that value again, you get all that equity. You didn't have to pay that property transfer tax. And your down payment was less. And you can always remortgage. And the cost of borrowing, as we said, will always change. Right? So with that being said, let's segue into point number three now. So point number three is... There's a lot of people in the same boat right now. And what those people are doing is they're waiting. And they're waiting because they believe interest rates will come down, which they're right about. They probably will come down. And the cost of homes hopefully will come down more. But we don't know for sure what's going to happen. They can go up again. They could go down. But um, Austin, what do you like to say to people when it comes to this? Yeah. So I think typically it's better to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Like we were joking that, you know, you're going to go to Christmas dinner or whatever. And, you know, if you were to buy a home in the next, you know, month, as an example, if you have that equity in your, in your, uh, or sorry, you have that ability, not equity, maybe you have that down payment, all that kind of stuff. And then you'd be like, oh, you bought a place right now. Oh, the market's slow, this, that, whatever else. But the reality of it is, is we didn't know that we were out of the quote unquote peak of the market until we were out of the peak because the statistics showed that Mm -hmm. same thing we're not going to know that we're out of the quote-unquote valley of the market until we are out of it and we see prices start to trend up so you don't know that you're out of it until after you are out of it Um, i think with that too to kind of link that to one of the other points that we talked about earlier people don't like the uh like the idea of an asset being worth less when they move in as opposed to you know, when they purchased, you know, is it possible if you were to buy right now that, you know, potentially in two or three months, if there are are changes, or maybe you did buy in the last four or six months, that maybe you could have gotten a better purchase price than uh, when you had purchased as opposed to when you moved in? Yeah, it's very possible. We saw that happen as rates went up significantly over the last year and a half. However, again, if you look at it over a long enough time horizon, you know, we're not talking about, you know, flipping a home. We're not talking about a snapshot of a year and a half or two years. We're talking about you living in this home for five, eight, 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years in, in, in Cody's case. If you look at it over a long enough period of time, it is very, very likely that you will see, yeah, you know, that return on investment and of course, equity and, and more. Yeah, absolutely. And Cody, let me ask you this. Would you rather go and try to buy a house when there's five people trying to buy that house or when there's one or two people trying to buy that house? One or two people, always. And you guys have to think about this from a realistic standpoint. Don't even pretend it's a house. Think about it as a pair of shoes you want at the mall. Are you going to wait till Black Friday when it's 10% off? Or are you going to, and there's not a high probability of you getting them because they only have 10 items left? Or you go in ahead of time, pay 10% more, and at least it's yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think when it comes down to the fact that you just have less competition overall, I think you have to look at it from more than just a price perspective. So, yes, great that you're able to get the place at a reduced price point, hopefully. You know, but I think there's a lot more negotiating power when you're getting into these situations because if I'm going to buy a house, I'm the only one that's written an offer on this house in the past two, three weeks, 
sellers are somewhat motivated. They don't have to be highly motivated, but somewhat motivated. Chances are they're going to try and do a deal with you. And what I like about that situation, being in the situation myself a few times, as well as helping advise some of our clients is like, there's more favorable conditions when you're dealing with less competition. Totally. So what I mean by that is now you're, you're allowing yourself or trying to create an opportunity to allow yourself to do way more due diligence throughout the transaction. So yes, maybe I'm putting subject to financing, subject to title, subject to inspection. I can put a bunch of things in there just to give myself enough time to do my due diligence to protect myself through this transaction. Totally. Now the flip side of that, you're in a multiple offer situation, you're going in, okay, the place is listed at a million bucks, I can only afford a million fifty. So what else am I going to do to try and make that favorable? I'm going to remove some of my conditions. I'm going to take out my subject to financing. I'm going to take out my subject to inspection. And you know what, we're just going to full send it and hopefully it all works. Fast forward three months, you take possession of the house, create that you got it and now you find out it needs over $20,000 worth of repairs to it mm -hmm. that you could have easily tried to avoid had you bought this place when there was less competition, you're writing in your subject to inspection, you're actually doing a formalized inspection, doing your due diligence and just becoming aware of things. And I think like just that way, having those favorable con conditions to protect yourself can sometimes outweigh a little bit, like paying a little bit more, you know, and just securing it and buying something unknown. But what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I, I agree. And you know, the running joke obviously is, you know, when you're purchasing a home, you want to be the one that has, you know, two months to look at it and you know three months worth of conditions and you can take your time and and shop around and look at all the different stuff yeah. all that kind of stuff but and then when you're selling you want to line up around the block and people bidding against each other etc 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 i personally prefer the um the pace of this market you know you can you know take your time you can have those conditions you can do your due diligence you can look at you know, different properties as opposed to, you know, what we were dealing with before, where it's like your property hits on Tuesday, you, you know, you're looking at it over Saturday, Sunday, um, and then you're looking at offers on Monday or Tuesday the following week. And it's like, hey, do you like this home? Yes or no, because you need to make a decision if you want to write on it or not, as opposed to you can take your time to view, you can, you know, look at a couple of different properties, see which ones have the features and the area and the community that you like more as opposed to, hey, there's like, you know, eight townhouses in all of Langley to choose from, figure out which one you like because we got to decide quick, right? Exactly. Um, I personally prefer the pace. You know, we always need to advise clients to, you know, put in all those conditions to protect themselves because, you know, the last thing we want is you moving in and finding out that, you know, things don't work or maybe there's repairs that were needed that you, you know, you could have seen, you know, taking time to read the strata documents and, you know, yeah, your subject of financing, which I know Cole is uh, very big on. I'm um, a big believer. And, yeah. yeah, big big believer. Um, uh, you know, all, all jokes aside, though, like you want to be able to do that because things can change quick. Um, we saw that at the beginning of the year when when rates had held, uh, you know, two times in a row, we started to see activity, you know, pick up pretty substantially. It was different than it was a year before that, but. You know, you, you things move very quick. And like we chatted about earlier, you don't know that things have changed until you're seeing the data and it's reinforcing that things have changed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cody, is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I just want, I would say like, you just don't want to put yourself in a sense of, in a position of vulnerability mm -hmm. for no reason. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't want to say for no reason because obviously, yeah, I mean, sometimes there is a reason. If you really need to solidify something, you jump in, full send, and hopefully you get the place. But I think that... Uh, 
Yeah, no, I just, I think that you're being very vulnerable, putting yourself in, in positions where like, this is a lot of money. It's not like we're talking about 200 bucks for a pair of shoes. Like this is sometimes upwards of a million dollars, $2 million people are willing to spend. So it's like, why not allow yourself the opportunity to do your proper due diligence, feel good about the situation, gather all the facts and then make a sound decision. And I think like it also helps you save money in that sense too, because uh, recently the like we have dealing with rescission amounts, you know, in real estate. So if you write an unconditional offer on a place, you have a three day rescission period to change your mind. However, now there's a financial penalty for doing so. If that happens, you are going to pay the sellers 0.25% of what the original purchase or the agreed upon purchase price was. Now let's say you do decide, okay, you get an accepted offer, you decide I don't want to proceed with this. Buyer's remorse, basically. Buyer's remorse, whatever it is, maybe you're looking at the property again and you're like, oh, you know what, last time we went through, we didn't look at everything properly. This time going through, I'm seeing a few things that are wrong with the place structurally and maybe I'm not as comfortable. So I'll back out, but now you've spent a couple thousand dollars doing that. Yeah, on a a million dollar purchase, it's $2,500. Exactly, exactly. So why put yourself in that position if you don't have to? You know, so I think, yeah, just do your due. It just allows you to do your due diligence and make a sound decision. And I feel like that's what everyone would want uh, when purchasing a property and spending that kind of money. Yeah. And if I, so if I had to summarize what we're talking about today, it really comes down to a few things. Number one, now is a good time for what we talked about. And because of that, um, what I'm tra- sorry, what I'm trying to say is now is always a good time if it makes sense for you mm-hmm. yeah really, that's what it comes down to and as cody and austin said there's a lot of factors that make now a good time because you have more protections you have more things in your favor are all these things ever going to be in your favor are you always going to get are you ever going to get the best interest rate the best price Never. being able to do all that no absolutely not so if the things that we talked about today make sense to you and are something that you are like hey I'd much rather be able to put subjects on a place or I'd much rather be able to to do my due diligence before purchasing a place then yeah now is a really good time for those reasons you don't have to worry about something going wrong as Austin said or not being able to go in subject to financing and then something happening happens on the finance side does it happen that often not necessarily but you don't want to be in a situation where it does happen yeah so is there anything else you guys want to add before we uh, wrap this up no I mean your goal is always to mitigate risk and and do due diligence right so again if you can be more in control of your destiny why would you not want to do that i think is is the best way and yeah i mean we were we were joking around before that it's like you're not going to play you know monopoly and and just continue (laughs) to go around the board right and and kind of see what happens like you know you 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 don't want to be paying other people you want to start to pay yourself and the sooner you can get in, the sooner you can start to build that equity to summarize everything up over a long enough time horizon. You're going to see those returns. You're going to see that return on investment. You're going to see that increase in equity and property value and, you know, all those different things. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, yeah. You know, it may not be the perfect time for everybody. And we will be honest with you uh, if it is. Uh, and, you know, I speak for myself and I, I speak on behalf of Cody and Cole. We're here to provide you guys with information in order to make, you know, intelligent decisions, but also informed decisions. And educated decisions, and educated right? hundred percent. Yeah. And I think just to tie off with what both of these guys are saying, put it very simply, everyone for the most part is in real estate to make some kind of money, correct? Some kind of return. 
How that's done is identifying and creating and taking advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. Right now, I think this is a great opportunity for people to get in while other people are on the sidelines waiting. So thinking about it that way, it's a quicker opportunity for you to make more money. So why wouldn't you act on it now? Well, and I, and I think with that too, if everybody else is waiting, as soon as the things that you're waiting for happen, everybody else is hopping back into Exactly. Like, oh, well, when interest rates come down, I will, I will purchase. You know, if that's what you're saying, those are the conversations we're having with other people as well. And things like we mentioned can change quick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, mitigate your risk, you know, uh, you know, have those discussions and make an informed decision. And ultimately it's your decision. We would just hate for you guys to miss out. Yeah. And it's situational dependent, right? Like don't fall into the trap of, Oh, my buddy's doing this because of this. My mom and dad are doing this. My friend's mom is doing this. It's like everyone is, everyone's situation is entirely dependent, but you have three advisors here that are happy to guide you through that entire process specific to you and your situation. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, that could be different scenarios, whether that's picking up an investment property, whether that's upsizing, you know, whether it's downsizing, whether it's, you know, uh, making a lateral move, you know, we were joking, uh, you know, last week, we've, we've, we've had conversations with people where we've talked them out of selling, we're saying, Hey, for your situation, it doesn't make sense. But don't be afraid to find out if for your situation, it does make sense. Yeah, exactly. That's really well said. So just to wrap up, um, next week, there's a big Bank of Canada announcement. I say big, they're all big, I guess, when yeah. it comes to our, our space. But um, it, it'll definitely kind of set a precedent for what we can expect next year, which would be good to see. And um, because we always do this, I got to ask Cody, what do you think? Sports. Philly NFL. Eagles, baby. The Eagles yeah. are going to the Super Bowl, especially but, after uh, last weekend. We got, a, we got a little bit of a taste of your early Super Bowl prediction, which was <laughs> the Bills against the Eagles. Yeah. And it was actually quite a very It was a great game. game. Yeah. The Bills the Bills held their own. I'm telling you, I was dancing around in my Josh Allen jersey. So oh, yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, that no, I thought pumped. it was a really... We actually get a really good game this week, too. Yeah, yeah. Lots of good games coming up. So just keep your eyes peeled. Make your bets accord... Place your bets accordingly, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Is this one of those things where you say, use my code, and you'll get a 10 Oh, but I wouldn't be letting anyone use my code, because I don't <laughs> even trust myself using my own code. No, so. In all seriousness, though. <laughs> um, okay, Austin, what do you think, Canucks? So, What's your latest? Uh, well, I mean, some big news. They traded Anthony Beauvillier. He did. Got some cap space. What did you think about that? You know, it, it's interesting because when they traded uh, uh, Bo Horvat, they got Atu Ratu or Ratti. Yep. Uh, I probably, I said Bo, so one of them are right. Yeah. Um, first, <laughs> first, and then yeah. um, uh, Anthony Beauvillier. Yes. They then turned around, traded that first round pick, plus a second for Horonic, who yep. looks sick. amazing. Uh, you know, perfect, you know, par uh, D partner for Hughes. Uh, and they've turned around and, and traded Anthony Beauvillier. I think I think that there are some other moves that are coming. I'm not sure what they are yet. I know that they do want to, you know, kind of shore up the, the defense. Uh, I think the expectation or the hope is that they're going to sign Ethan Bear back once he's healthy. I think that'll definitely help. This was more of like a cap space move more yeah. than anything else. You know, it's interesting. So uh, when they traded Anthony Bovillier, they got a fifth round pick back. And I think a lot of people had hoped to maybe get a little bit more back for him. Like, yeah. Let's say he was at the, you know, traded at the trade deadline. Last um, year. Well, he, well, yeah, potentially last year. Because well, he was kind of high. He had a pretty good little yeah. push for the Canucks there, right? When he first came over. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's interesting. If they would have waited, if there was another team that was really, you know, really needed a top six winger. Uh, with some, you know, cap flexibility and all that kind of stuff, 
you know, would, could they maybe get a little bit more back? Yeah, I mean, potentially, but I also think that there's something to getting the cap space and being able to do something now. Yes. You know, one of the things that you kind of kick yourself over is it's like, hey, what would they have been able to do in the summer mm-hmm. if they would have traded, you know, traded him then? But obviously there's been some other things that have go, uh, gone on um, around the league with injuries and all that other stuff. So you're starting to see a little bit more cap space and a little bit more movement uh, be possible and be available because of that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that they're going to uh, shore up their defense a little bit more. There's obviously speculation about maybe Chris Tano coming back. I would or, love to see that. Or, or, you see him block a puck with his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they inter- uh, uh, there was, uh, I think it was Merrick um, uh, on 650 today. I mean, it's across Canada. He was like, oh, well, why'd you block with your face? He's like, oh, it's the only way I could get in front of it. And it's like, dude... <laughs> Body on the line, it's, baby. It's November. <laughs> yeah, it's game, it's game twenty-two. Yeah, <laughs> like, but that's the Tanev we know. Like we yeah, had him on our totally team before. Right. Yeah, I would love to see Tanev come back. Yeah, it it'll be interesting. Obviously, you know everybody's been joking that they're going to sign Phil Phil the Thrill because uh, he still isn't signed. There's <laughs> there are some you know interesting guys that are still unsigned. Whether that's Phil Kessel, Alex Edler. Some other guys too that are kind of waiting on the sidelines and you know waiting to see if they get their shot again or their number called and obviously there's injuries down the stretch that uh, that can happen during a season and do you want to trade like a pick or, or another player for to get somebody that's currently on a contract or sometimes it makes more sense to just bring somebody in that's only going to cost you money and cap space so it'll be interesting I definitely think they're going to make a move for uh, a defenseman how big that move is will be interesting yeah. um, you know they're talking that they don't want to trade a first round pick uh, I don't really want them to either uh, unless it was I, I mean, it'd have I to probably, be worth it. Right? Yeah, I I was really skeptical at the Heronic trade when it I happened. I think everybody was. I was like, you know, is this the right move right now? They kind of feel like they're pushing a lot of their chips in into the center of the table, which is, you know, especially when you've missed the playoffs Whoa. after a bunch of years. It's like, okay, should yeah. they be doing this right now? But with how he's looked with Hughes and kind of the timeline and how the team is playing, like, I don't really want them to trade another first, but. I'm I'm open to the possibility of, of the kind of, of all in approach. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for lack so, of a better word. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? If they were to if they were to trade another first for another player like Heronic, I think I'd be okay with it because then all of a sudden, you know, you especially have, if you could get rid of some caps somehow too. Yeah, like if you could get Myers or something out. Well, so Myers expires at the. He does expire this yeah, year. Yeah, and, right? and he's been playing better. He definitely has a role. I just think that. Um, you know, based off of his cap and, and everything else, it's just, it's also expiring money. And with the flat cap, the cap not going up because of, yeah you know, everything that's happened with revenue and, and how it's all related with the hard cap system. That's been a little bit tough, but yeah, you do have some money coming off the books, but like, I mean, Petey's going to be what, an 11, 11 and a half, 12 Looking million that dollar way. player. You got to be able to afford him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. part of the Bovillier thing is being able to have that cap space. Yeah. So. So, the, so they have some money coming off the off the books at the end of the year. And it'll be interesting. I think a lot of that is going to be earmarked to just re-signing some of their key guys. Hronik needs another deal. Petey needs another deal. Um, you know, obviously they want the team to get better. Uh, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens. But uh, yeah, I would be... I can't believe I'm saying this, but if they trade first, I wouldn't necessarily be against it. Yeah. As long as it makes sense, if it's something that they can have control of and will be with the team um, for a while, I, I think I'm open to it. Yeah, right on. I think they got a big game tonight against the uh, Knights. The Knights. Knights. Yeah. That's a division, huge game. division leaders, I believe, right now. Yeah. 
So that'll be a really good uh, test to kind of see where the Canucks are at right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the West is getting a little interesting. Edmonton is getting shot back out of a cannon. Uh, yeah. McDavid went from like 50th in the league to in like points. 20th. To, no, he's, he's like top 10 now. Top 10. Yeah, 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 he's like nine been, points in two games. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I think he's got like 11 points or 12 points in like a week. And it's like, That's welcome crazy. back to the You top. know he's capable. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, no yeah, it, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean... You, you see a couple other teams kicking around, and it'll be interesting. Winnipeg's doing well. Calgary's kind of bounced back. And Dallas. A Dallas. lot of people were looking at Calgary saying that they were going to offload a bunch of pieces. So, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting down the stretch, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait. We'll uh, provide our weekly update next week. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. I'm Austin. Cody. And I'm Cole. And you're listening to the Full Subjects Podcast.